1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Aviva Canada, a leading property and casualty insurance group providing home, auto, leisure, and lifestyle and business insurance to 2.9 million customers. Severe weather and natural disasters are on the rise and Aviva's Plan and Protect app will help your family prepare for earthquakes, severe wind, winter storms, wildfires, and floods. It tells you what to do before, during, and after these events, stores your insurance info, and works with Wi-Fi. Download it free from the App Store or Google Play and Aviva will donate $5 to the Canadian Red Cross.
0: What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 136 of The SyrupCast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, August 31st. The SyrupCast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystems. I'm your host. You can call me Ebor. Uh, this week, I'm joined by uh, Mobile Syrup's senior editor and part-time Switch reporter, Patrick O'Rourke. How are you, Igor? I'm back. I'm good. I'm good. Welcome back. Thank you. have been... It's traveling the world. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, we have Mobile Serb senior reporter and part time hand model, Rose Bihar. Rose.
2: Oh, yes. Going to be full time shortly, I'm sure.
0: I mean, this journalism game, it's not <laughs> going to work out. So
2: There's lots of money in hand modeling.
0: I can imagine. And last but certainly not least, we have honorary Serb cast member, Ted the Prince Kurzonis. Ted, how are you? Always a pleasure to be with you, man. No, thank you for coming back. Oh, yeah. Happy to be back. Uh, so this week we saw Google announced AR core, uh, but Patrick was also at an event where he got to see AR kit. So it is arc versus arc. Um, I guess just to start simply impressions of the, uh, Google announcement.
1: I think it's what they probably should have done from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also heard that they kind of. They've had this for a while, and they were sitting on it waiting to see what Apple was going to do. Um, so I think they might have pressed the fast-forward button a little bit when Apple revealed ARKit to get this ready, because mm-hmm. um, we saw some interesting happen, interesting things happening with embargoes moving around and stuff yeah. like that that I think had something to do with the, with the Google announcement. Um, but I mean, I, I think that this is the future of how AR is going to work. It's not going to be with really expensive headsets um, like what Microsoft is doing. It's going to be Uh, I guess, more accessible experiences like what Apple's offering with ARKit and what Google's doing with uh, Mm -hmm. ARCore? Or is it Core AR? AR ARCore. ARCore, ARCore. yeah. ARC
0: and ARC. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think there is only one true loser in this situation, and that is poor Asus, Mm -hmm. who just released a Tango-supported device and um, is really sort of floating in the wind now because... Um, Google has really made it clear that Tango is the past and AR core is the future. So mm. I mean, to my mind, I, I still think that there's an obvious benefit to having more hardware sensors. And when I played with, with uh, the AR Zen phone, there was, there was an obvious um, quality to it that was, I don't think you could recreate just using one smartphone camera so i think i mean in the future we're gonna have to move towards advanced hardware but from a business standpoint it makes sense what google did they didn't want to be left out uh while apple sort of took credit for you know started kicking off the uh, ar uh, revolution
1: the head of uh what's clay official official position I think I think of he's vr and ar, VR and AR. he yeah. was throwing like some shade at apple too which was which was interesting um tweeting out comparisons between what uh, AR core is capable of and what AR kit is capable of mm-hmm. um, and like I, I haven't gone hands on with it. I don't even know any developers that are, are making stuff with AR core um, but it seems very capable if the things mm-hmm. that Google is saying about it are are true like it's able to um, detect flat surfaces is able to detect walls i don't think to the same level as what rose has seen with tango but yep. mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere yeah. somewhere near there
3: like- yeah well tango is entirely contextually aware right because yeah. all the, the extra cameras in the back were able to to know the the space the physical space that you were working with mm-hmm. and, and and some of the feet like some of the examples i saw so when i was at the lenovo world event last year where they showed it with leno the lenovo phone um, the fab 2 pro how could you forget that's right that's right <laughs> and um it was it was some interesting implementation right like mm-hmm. you can basically know the square footage of a room uh by measuring it just by you know angling the camera a certain way mm-hmm. I don't know that that is going to be possible without the extra hardware in the back of a phone mm-hmm. But I guess this is the safer way to go because one thing that Pokemon Go showed is that if you offer the content to people, they might latch onto it more than actually creating content, Mm -hmm. especially for a platform they don't fully understand yet, right? Mm -hmm. So AR is still very new. Not a lot of people know about it. You know, the the, the mix of virtual and reality, uh, they can't grasp it unless they see it in a way that they can, you know, that they can work with or play with uh, in a very simple way. And Pokemon Go, I think, proved that.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Pat and Ted, do you kind of want to talk about uh, just a bit about the gamesmanship that went into the timing of this announcement? I think there was obviously uh, some inside baseball that might be interesting to people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Apple kind of wanted to get this out ahead of the event that they just announced, which is on the 12th, because mm-hmm. um, I don't think they're going to have time to talk about AirKit at, at that particular mm-hmm. event. <laughs> if, if rumors are true, it's going to be packed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think through, through the magic of PR, they, they wanted... This to go out at the same time as, uh, I guess, Google's announcement with with uh, AR Core, um, just to show that they're both working on something in the mm-hmm. sort of very accessible AR mobile space. Um, and I mean, on Apple's side of things, a lot of the demos they showed off were very impressive. Uh, but I did sort of see through the cracks a little bit and the, the limitations of what AR Kit is capable of. Like, there's an IKEA app coming out called IKEA Place, which I think may end up being one of the first broad use cases of AR uh, beyond like Pokemon Go and some of the gaming applications we've seen. Um, and when I was watching the demo, the the IKEA uh, person doing it was very careful to make sure that they placed the furniture in a way that it looked like it was sitting on the floor. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know enough about ARKit yet or other apps um, that are available for it uh, to see how capable it is of detecting the floor and objects around it, like yeah. Ted was talking about, yeah, yeah. how uh, sensitive Tango is. Um, so like, I'm pretty sure that it can't detect surfaces, um, possibly not even as well as what's Google, what Google's offering. Mm -hmm. Um, so they were very careful with how they placed that furniture on the floor to make it look like it wasn't floating. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And and at the Zenfone AR event, they let us have the, the phone in our hands and it was really, you could see that it actually worked very well that those things stuck to their positions. Things that were supposed to be mounted on the wall were seriously mounted on the wall. You could go and look around them. It worked very well and they didn't sort of have to guide us through it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's not to say that like that app's useless if, if the furniture is floating. Like mm-hmm. The idea is just to give you, um, I guess, the perception of what it would look like in your
3: home. Yeah, yeah but I think the dynamism in in this type of platform, when, you, when you're talking about AR, it's when the virtual interacts with the physical. Mm-hmm. So if you have a monster, for example, emerging from a table, right? There is a certain, there's an emotional response that can happen. Yeah, that's that. True. Right? And, and so if you're lacking the physical uh, element where it just doesn't know really what kind of physical space it's working with, you might lose some of that, you know, I think some of that wow factor. But at the same time, I think both companies are also betting that this is so new that as long as they make it look good, and they make it accessible, which is also something I want to touch on, mm-hmm. uh, they can at least get people in the door, and then they can wow them after.
2: Yeah, I find it interesting that usually Apple's tactic is to latch on to a technology later and then perfect it. But that's not what's happening at all with this. Like you're saying, they're coming out early and um maybe not doing it perfectly but hoping that they'll they'll get the users anyway
3: right and, and, and uh, Sora, sorry no, uh, sorry okay. uh, but both companies I think are also making the point like hey when we when we roll this out you guys who still have the older devices are not going to be left behind okay that's great I mean that sounds amazing except that I don't think that's it's going to be a uniform experience throughout all the devices. I mean, they're saying like even the iPhone six will be able to because of the processors. It's anything with the A nine and the A with the A nine and, and the A ten and the A ten. So okay, will the iPhone six basically look the same or feel the same as the newest iPhone that will be coming out in a couple of weeks? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the same with Android. I, I mean, you know, they're saying oh we have you know, X amount of devices.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so. if I could just interrupt sure, sure, you. Sure, yeah, let's... so the question I want to lead into that is, uh, you know, Dave Burke, the uh, not the head of Android, but he's a VP of engineering. Um, he's, uh, the His blog post was subtitled Augmented Reality at Android Scale. And the first sentence of that post was, with more than 2 billion Android devices, Android is the largest mobile platform in the world yeah that's it, pure that's pure, pure bluster bluster yeah. especially it's aimed at bubble at uh sorry at apple yeah and then you know the post reveals only the pixel
1: and dsa essay. essay right and 100 million devices within their first year of sort of getting this platform yeah. so, off the ground so so, he, so sorry oh, go
3: ahead.
0: yeah so the question and you know state your point but um the question i had is you know we've heard this pitch from uh google before is that there is no platform that has the scale of android And yet, how does this uh, SDK and this
3: platform scale on a uh, system that is so fragmented? Okay, you can say that. But let's look at the pie chart and see the fragmentation Mm -hmm. of the operating system. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So you can say that. I mean, you can make the statement. You can make the case that, yes, we have a very wide footprint. Nobody's arguing that. But at the same time, there is not going to be uniform, uh, you know, access or Mm -hmm. even compatibility here Mm -hmm. it's going to depend what processor the phone's running on it's going to depend what kind of camera it has it's going to depend what all kinds there's all these factors as far as the hardware alone is concerned Mm -hmm. never mind what version of the os it's running on yeah at what point does it start does it start at lollipop does it start at marshmallow i mean what what software will you have to be running and Mm -hmm. will the overlays that the different manufacturers use will that impact or affect what kind of experience you can expect too?
1: <laughs> I think you look at Daydream for an example of how I think it's it, it's going to play. Out. Like how many right. devices support Daydream I would now? I say it's still low. less like, than well, a dozen, yeah, less than, less than a dozen. I, low, yeah. I think it's going to be the same thing with this. Like yeah. maybe eventually um, Apple's offering will get up to the the five hundred million that that. Uh, sorry, backwards. Eventually, Google's offering uh, mm-hmm. AR Core will get up to what Apple. It is doing with the 500 million that it's going to have as soon as it flips the switch on iOS 11. But I think it's going to take a little longer, which could give Apple an advantage just because they have uh, sort of like a wider a uh, wider user base out of the gate. Right. Yeah, and I will also say, like,
0: you know, just out of the gate, all iPhones are high-end phones, right? As long as they've yeah. been right. released within the last couple... Uh, so it
1: it works with the 6S and the iPad Pro, not back to the 6, according to yeah. what I, I was told. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. okay how many like how many uh how much of the uh android well, operating or android
3: footprint is high end right like
0: very very little probably yeah i would say
3: it, yeah i mean it is hard to say and also what again what os are they running right mm-hmm. because even the even the flagships if we look at the flagships from 2017 how many of them are going to be upgraded to oreo yeah. and when are they upgraded to oreo Mm -hmm. right that's always the question with android this is the biggest issue i think the os faces and google is going to have to at some point i think take the reins now that's a different conversation but Mm -hmm. but i think when you're talking about technology that you want to roll out and you want you know you want to be accessible to everybody pokemon go was Mm -hmm. pretty widely accessible i mean patrick i know you've like, you know, you've written a I lot did. about
1: that. I was the Pokemon Go man yeah, for a good six yeah, months. Yeah,
3: you were, you were. And I mean, you know, and a lot of people man were able feasted to feasted on it. <laughs> I did. And a lot of people were able to use them on different Android phones, right? Mm-hmm. So great implementation. It worked. I thought it was a fad, and it obviously was very popular, but it showed what was possible. But that came from a third party mm-hmm. that made it work despite all the different hiccups, because there were definitely some hiccups. And it too. arguably wasn't like great. They yeah. Are, like yeah, the Pokemon yeah. were floating in yeah, the air yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. And that's something that um, to Apple's credit, I think it was not their last press conference, maybe the one before that. They talked about how uh, ARKit would be capable of uh, recognizing surfaces to some extent because they were showing how, like, Pokeballs would roll across the floor and how Pokemon mm-hmm. would show oh, up that on was, That was a WWDC. Yeah. WD- WD- C- yeah, C- yeah. so, so just yeah. to go back to what we were talking before, I think there is some level of object recognition in AR ARKit. I don't know if I've personally seen it yet in the examples that they showed off. Um, but it sounds like it's capable of it to some extent who knows how good it is or if it's if, yeah. if it'll be as good as AR yeah. core but right. yeah. to your
3: point i think it might be a factor of how large the surface is that's true mm-hmm. too. right so if it covers a certain amount of the camera's view uh, field of view then maybe it recognizes that as a as a flat surface it can work with that whereas mm-hmm. if it's a smaller really small surface maybe it won't cuz
1: they they showed off like a, a wide range of demos like there's games there is like utility apps and stuff like that but the only a lot of them weren't playable, like right. what Rose was saying. Like you couldn't pick it up and try it and experiment with it yourself. So we won't really know until it's out in the wild when iOS 11 drops. But the one that I did uh, try was it, it was a game from Climax Studios. Mm-hmm. They made a bunch of Silent Hill games back in the day, mm-hmm. interestingly. Oh. Um, and it was sort of this platformer where you pointed the camera wherever you wanted. It wasn't a table. It was just like any any surface. Um, and this sort of play space would show up and you moved your character by changing the perspective and moving around. Um, hmm. I, I, I guess the, the creation, the, the augmented reality play space. Um, and it worked really well, but I don't think it was detecting anything around it. right? Like I think it was just showing up in, in the middle of the room.
3: Yeah, so this, this kind of reminds me of an app called Action Movie FX, mm-hmm. uh, which is on both iOS and Android, where you can overlay a Hollywood effect onto mm-hmm. a scene uh, yeah. well, when you're shooting cool. video it's very cool and and it, there's some contextual awareness there at least where it it knows that there's a flat surface so like you know there are like the ground will crumble or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh or like robots will like kind of mm-hmm. uh walk <laughs> on the you know on the flat surface too but you have to just angle the camera a certain way so perhaps that's might mm-hmm. be what's going I think on you're here right. too. right yeah where you have to angle the camera a certain way right you'll you'll have like something to show you on an hud on a HUD that's showing you, okay, here's where it is. It maybe changes color and then you're good. And yeah. then you can, you know, do what you need to like
1: do. Like it's there, but super limited, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I agree. Um,
3: yeah. So, Rose,
0: um, what's the future of these kind of hardware-assisted uh, 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 smartphone-augmented reality platforms like Tango? Um, now that Tango is dead, I mean, is where do we see those that component of a smartphone? Is that something that is kind of for the foreseeable future not going to be integrated into smartphones
2: i I can't help but think that we can't go the full way with software um software is not going to be able to take us to a really realistic spot with augmented reality so probably when um augmented reality becomes more popular and more people use it um and as our hardware evolves like now more and more high-end uh phones have dual camera setups I think that will sort of converge. And so we'll just inevitably start, start having more sensors on phones uh, while while AR gets better and better. So I think that will start to converge. And then we'll get to a point where maybe it shifts towards headsets if we're able to keep the price a little lower than the kind of AR headsets that we we see now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think the consumer version of HoloLens is going to be much cheaper than the $3,000 or whatever they're charging now, right? Like this is kind of... It was like the building block to get where Microsoft wants to go, but even then, like you've seen it with high-end AR that, oh, well, I, I don't know. It's a standalone device, right? So maybe there's a better value proposition there where you don't have to get a, an additional computer.
3: Yeah, I, th- I, I think Tango has been shelved, not dead, mm-hmm. um, because I think the concept, the conceptual stuff they came up with with Tango is still something they're going to work with mm-hmm. in the future. They just don't want to do it yet and it could be as we were talking about earlier it could be because of what the move apple made uh, maybe they thought okay you know what let's preempt that let's let's try the software route because it's easier for people to digest and people you know easier for people to use nobody's going to pay a premium for four lenses in the back of their phone right <laughs> no, you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. so so i think they they made a calculated decision and a business decision to, okay, let's let's get people on board with this first, and then let's introduce hardware that will enhance it even more, maybe at a, at a later time when we can even make it better. That's my <laughs> Do you think
1: Tango is going to come back as a headset?
3: It's a, Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. That's I what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it could be. I mean, they might refashion it or uh, in some other way, right?
1: Because I, I know what they're doing now with yeah. with uh, AR cores based on what they started with sure, Tango, yeah. but it seems like a waste yeah. of the technology to totally ditch it and get yeah. rid of it.
3: Yeah, they, they may have wanted to take two steps ahead when maybe they should have taken one. Okay, it's yeah. hard to say. I, I mean, we're not in those discussions, but I don't yeah. think it's dead yeah. completely.
2: Yeah, I think probably undoubtedly an aspect of the decision was that it was hard to find OEMs to even work with on a Tango phone. Good point. And I, yeah. I, I know like people were saying the Lenovo Fab 2 Pro was really more of a conceptual device than anything else, and they didn't make a huge marketing effort to to push it or sell it. So and now, you know, Very unfortunately true. the Zen phone AR is probably headed the same way. So
3: yeah.
0: One of the reasons we uh Ted we invited you uh and we got this bum back on the podcast. Back uh, um was that you both attended uh the note eight reveal. Rose attended the LG uh, V thirty
3: reveal. That's you also attended the to... uh, got, so, got the note eight right here. Do you have both phones? That, no, uh, they haven't sent out. Ruby no, they haven't sent out for, for the V30 yeah. yet. No. Um, yeah. So,
0: in any case, I thought that's a great opportunity to compare and contrast these two devices. Um, which one is the more compelling of the two?
3: Uh, well, okay. To well, start with to, you. To me, the the V30 is a more dramatic difference from mm-hmm. its predecessor right mm-hmm. you put the v20 next to the v30 they they don't look alike at all mm-hmm. um so so definitely they've they, the design principles that went into the mm-hmm. v20 were almost introducing WonderSweep
1: from bluehost.com website creation is hard but now with bluehost you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique wordpress website or store right away from there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for
3: everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Almost all abandoned. Mm-hmm, uh, and totally. so they took a lot of what they did with the G6 and then incorporated it into the V30. So you still have some of the basics, I mean there's still two lenses, the wide angle lens and you still have the main lens. Uh, they widened the aperture to f one point six. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the widest I've seen today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're, you're almost really is, impressive. Is yeah. there
1: anything that's wider than that?
3: No, I no. haven't seen. No. Not on a smartphone. Not phone. on a flagship. Not, not on a phone. No. I
0: haven't seen that. On phone. Yeah, that's almost one point four territory. At which point, it's a uh, full stop. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, so they're they're getting closer to that. And mm-hmm. then uh, naturally, they they've played up the camera elements, which both companies did, right? Mm-hmm. Really, because obviously, with the Note eight, they've added a second lens too. So uh, LG, though, pushed more the video side. Mm -hmm. So they want to make the V30 a really compelling video recording device because Mm -hmm. it also, you know, records high-end audio too. So let's put all these things together and add some Hollywood cinematic uh, effects, Mm -hmm. right, that are not filters. They were very particular about that. These are not (laughs) filters. These are, you know, you have like summer blockbuster and Mm -hmm. noir and Mm -hmm. melodrama you know, and historical and they look good. I mean, I have to say, like I saw them, they do look good. And Mm -hmm. my only question I mentioned earlier when, before we went on air was that you can't shoot in those modes at 24 frames per second, which as we know is what motion pictures Mm -hmm. uh, are shot with. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why they omitted that. Maybe they'll add it before the the, the phone comes out. But Mm -hmm. uh, that was, that was the main thing uh, that I noticed about that feature that was missing. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, I can say, I can talk about the Note 8, but please, Patrick. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I haven't seen the, the V30 other than reading Rose's very extensive, it was so extensive. hands-on. Mm-hmm. That was if almost, you want to
2: <laughs> see the most extensive hands-on of the V30, possibly in the world, check out Mobile Serum.
1: It was literally a review. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. It's I great. Um, but I mean, the, the Note 8, uh, I really like the Note 7. I've said it a million times now, but it was my favorite smartphone that I've probably ever used. The Note 8, I think it's also great, but it's not as substantial of an upgrade over the Note 7. It, it's very similar to its predecessor. It has the Infinity display from the S8. Um, in many ways, people are calling it like an S8 Plus that's slightly larger with a pen. S8 Plus Plus. Yeah, exactly. Plus plus, yeah. Um, but couldn't
3: I, you call the V30 g
0: uh, G6 Plus? Yeah. To some degree, yeah, plus plus because there is a to
3: some degree yes.
1: I just, feel, I just yeah. feel like there's a more of a dramatic change between the V20 and the V30 mm-hmm. when compared to the Note 7 definitely, and the Note 8, definitely, definitely. but um, less
2: of a dramatic change between the G6 and the V30. I think is what a lot of people are yeah.
3: saying. Yeah, the V30 yeah. probably sh- is what the G6 should Should've have been. been. That's yeah. right? that's what I yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but you know. I
1: mean, yeah, and I mean, I like it. I, I'm writing the review right now. It, I think it's going to go up sometime next week. Um, It's a great phone. I have very, very few issues with it other than the the crazy price tag. Yeah. Um, But then again, I also think it's kind of interesting that Android phones have sort of hit that peak high-end luxury luxury price tag that, that Apple's been sitting at for a while now. Um, but I, I have no, no complaints about it other than the ridiculously placed fingerprint sensor. Yeah, so mm. I'll speak to the camera a little bit. Yeah, so, so, so how's
3: that live focus? Yeah, so the live focus is an interesting feature. Now, it's not new. This was a feature that was initially done by HTC way back with the uh, 1M8. Okay. As all things come back to HTC. Uh, well, hey, they they had that second lens in the back, which yeah. was the main purpose and only purpose was for depth of field photography. Yeah. And so Samsung has basically taken the same thing and done it this the, the same way and in a similar way to the iPhone 7 Plus as well. The difference is that with the 7 Plus, you have to be a little closer to the subject, whereas mm-hmm. with Samsung's Note 8, you have to be a little further away. It's about 1.2 meters away from the subject in order for the a live focus feature to... Uh, properly kick in, to yeah. kick in right yeah you have to have a certain amount of lighting now there's an f2 uh, f 2.4 aperture for that zoom lens mm-hmm. so if you are in a dimly lit setting it's, slow. it's just yeah. no it's just not going work. to work yeah no i'm it, saying the lens is slow y- y- yeah the lens yeah. is slow so yeah. so live photos will not work in those in those scenarios mm-hmm. right very much like portrait mode on the iPhone 7 plus so it's great i mean the you know adjusting the blur I was showing it to some friends yesterday and they were just you know wowed right? yeah like they'd never seen anything like that before even though it has been done the depth field is
1: a little more subtle than things that i've seen before though like it's, it's more subtle than um what's the what's the iphone version of it called Portrait mode. Portrait mode. It, it's a little more subtle than, than
3: portrait mode from, well, from when you, I was trying it. Yeah. I know you can change it, right? You can yeah, because you, you can adjust it, yeah, right? Yeah. So like if you if you want a really dynamic kind of background yeah, yeah. and blurred, and uh, you can do that. Now, it also depends on what kind of distance the subject is with the front. background that they're in front of. Yeah. So if there's not a huge distance between them, then you know, it, 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 you're not going to see that dramatic uh, of an effect. Mm-hmm. But it's still very cool. Mm-hmm. And I see people using it because it's not hard to use. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take the shot and then you just adjust the blur after. the only question I would have is, uh,
0: you know, of what I've seen of these kind of uh, portrait modes is that the bouquet doesn't it looks pretty fake to my eye. How does it look on the with the? Yeah, this is not
3: going to match a DSLR. Yeah, like we're going to put it out there right now. It's just it's Mm -hmm. just not going to be the same. Uh, The optics on a phone just Just can't can't match what a lens can do on a DSLR, right? Mm -hmm. But it uh, at least this time it's being done with two lenses as Mm -hmm. opposed to trying software trickery to fool like you know using an algorithm and using software trickery to make it look like there is a bokeh effect. Mm -hmm. When if you really kind of dig deeper, you can see that it's totally simulated and doesn't doesn't look that good when you dig in
0: so uh just question for both you and rose um what do you think is more when it comes to these kind of dual camera options what's more compelling the kind of the portrait mode or the live or a wide angle lens that the uh v30 comes with
2: for for me it's wide angle um i love being able to take photos that see as much as what I feel like I'm seeing in the moment. I find that's really kind of a ma- magical element because a lot of the times with mobile photography, you take a photo and it's just like, oh, that didn't capture the scene. That didn't capture everybody who was sitting around me. Um, and the, the V30 and the V20 before it, they, they really were able to do that. And uh, I find it really, really fun. and I used it quite a lot. I, I don't think I would use the bokeh effect as much just because i'm more of a on the go photo snapper i don't really set up photos and you know take very ordered orderly sort of like okay now we're taking a portrait i just sort of take them like in party scenarios that it quickly. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah i think a lot of people are like that
3: yeah I, th- I think they're both useful but the wide angle stands out more because you can shoot so many things with it so mm-hmm. if you're shooting architecture or you're shooting a vista you're shooting a, a sunset something like that i mean the wide angle just looks really interesting right it mm-hmm. makes a photo look really interesting so uh, and also, LG makes it so that all the manual modes, all the the manual settings, apply to both lenses. Yeah. With the Note Eight, I've noticed that the zoom lens doesn't seem to work in Pro mode. Mm-hmm. So if I want to shoot in manual, I can't seem to access that. I've I've asked them about this, so just just on the rec- for the record, I, I don't know if it is possible fully, mm-hmm. or I just haven't been able to. access it. I don't think it, it is. I've seen it, some other stories. About okay, that, yeah, because so yeah. it, it, I just can't get to it, right? So that's unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I think on the other hand, there's also you can shoot a subject with a phone with a blurred background, with a, with a depth of field, if you are close enough to that subject. And, you, yeah, you, you, and the you,
0: background can, is far yeah, away. Yeah, yeah,
3: I mean, you, you, it's, it is possible to do. Mm-hmm. And and even if you can't, there are apps that make it possible at least to apply that after the fact. It's not mm-hmm. perfect, but mm-hmm. at least it's possible. You can't fake wide angle. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. Right, you just can't make that happen. If, if it's not in the frame, you know the only it's other way a, really is to shoot pedo. multiple shots and then m- blend them together in photoshop mm-hmm. right
2: yeah and like you were saying it's kind of unique too when you see a wide angle shot like that you kind of think oh was that taken with an lg phone because there's not most other phones have gone for um zoom or have gone for the bokeh effect or like that that has been their focus for mobile photography
3: right well huawei went with the monochrome mm-hmm. lens yeah. which i yeah. thought was a good idea to do that that's yes. essential yeah, yeah as well but but it's just you know generally when the second lens comes in it's it's been focused more on going closer yep. to a subject
1: with the note 8 is it possible to switch between the wide angle and the regular lens like on the fly when you're just using the stock uh, note note the, the, app? The,
3: the note for the wide angle and the note 8 yeah no well the, oh you mean like the main lens? yeah you know what i mean yeah. like to switch Sorry, I don't mean I'm, I'm,
1: switching between like the the standard lens and then going to the wide angle. You one. can in auto.
3: Yeah, in auto mode. You that's can what do, I was asking. Yeah, you, yeah. in auto yeah. mode, you can do that. Yeah, you can easily switch between lenses without a problem. Okay. But once you start adjusting the mode, like if you go to pro, that's what you you're saying. Say, okay, okay yeah. right? I and understand then now. it seems like the 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 second lens is inaccessible, and I don't know why. Um, I, I especially with pro mode, it, I'm not sure. So I've asked, I've asked Samsung uh, Canada for for you know. Um, clarification clarification on that to see what's going on the
1: one thing i was going to say is with the live focus mode uh, kind of a little subtle feature that i thought was neat was you get the wide angle you get the regular photo and you get the live focus photo yeah. so you have all three of them just by pressing the button once yeah um, which i think some people will find uh very useful because sometimes maybe you're like a little too close to your subject you want that wide angle shot but you don't want to manually yeah. switch yeah. and it's taking it anyways mm-hmm. um so yeah i just wanted to mention that i think
0: it's cool Uh, So we're running out of time, but the one last question, and it's a quick one now, which which of these phones do you see doing better in the Canadian marketplace?
2: Um, Well, I I definitely say the Note 8, but I say that with sadness in my heart because I think the V30 (laughs) looks beautiful and I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to buy it. And I'm very proud of LG. Like I'm just proud that they looked at some of the stupider gimmicks on the V20 and were like, it's okay, we're not married to these, threw them out. And then focused on what people really want, which is improved camera functionality, um, but continuing to have some of the great core elements of the V20, which includes really high quality audio. Um, but they just, they, they did away with the secondary screen, which wasn't working. And I think they learned from that and moved on. So I'm very proud of LG for this phone. I would recommend it. I don't think it will do better than the Note 8, but it will, I'm sure, do better than Previous LG phones. Well,
3: well, the Note 8's biggest competitor is actually the S8 Plus. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, aside from the iPhone, of course, but the the S8 Plus would be the bigger competitor for the Note 8 because if you don't care for the pen or the second lens, y- you really can get an S8 Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the screen difference is marginal. But that's so, six gigs of RAM. But there's yeah, <laughs> one tenth of an inch. Yeah. You know, one one tenth of an inch. Like, so I I see now Samsung's fine like if you're you know cannibalism within the company nobody's <laughs> going to complain about that right <laughs> yeah uh but uh it, it's but when it comes port- from outside and the, right and yeah. the s8 plus will be a better price than the note eight a hundred percent i mean mm-hmm. the note eight i'm seeing 550 on contract it's ridiculous right yeah and on yeah. a two year so the v30 i wouldn't be surprised is under a thousand dollars all right and yeah, uh hope. And it, yeah yeah I mean it should be and uh, is you know it, it can play uh with the big guys for sure that that looks to be Definitely. a really really good phone yeah. so you know uh, and it
2: has the 835 too so some yeah, of the things that processor. people were complaining about with the LG G6 where yeah. it missed out on the 835 well this one has the 835 there's not much you can complain about with the V30 I,
3: I just I would like to see I would like to see LG just at least uh really focus on the software experience yeah the user, Now, I know that they've come out with a new one now for this phone, and the floating bar is cool, which replaces yep, that second seems cool. screen. Yeah, it looks cool. I liked it. But at the same time, I, the, the software experience has always been the bugaboo for mm-hmm. this company. The <laughs> bugaboo. Love Absolutely. That. It, yeah. it has. And and they, they need to fix that uh, and make it so that it feels good to use the phone regardless mm-hmm. of what you're doing. So hopefully the V30 can do that for them. But I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see once we get to test. It.
1: The Note 8 is going to sell. It's going to sell really well. Um, I think people have very short memories. I think there's a lot of people loyal to the, to that particular Samsung brand. They love the pen. Absolutely. They literally won't use any phone that doesn't have a stylus. And this is the best one out there. Um, <laughs> the only one. <laughs> <they're> pretty much <laughs> More Well, There's the LG the style, of, right? But that's, it's that's a completely phone. different. Dean, yeah. Dean kind of liked it sort of, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um,
3: said- but, the, 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 but the pen's legitimately good. Right. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. pen, the
1: pen is great. Yeah. Uh, not, I, I don't have a use for it, but I know that that's just my particular use case. I understand why other people use it. Um, I I think it's going to sell really well. I think it's a great phone. It's an iterative update over the seven. Whereas I think the jump between the five and the seven was a little more substantial. So anyone hoping for that massive leap, um, is going to be disappointed. But if you like the note seven and you want another note seven, that's maybe slightly better. That's what the note eight is. And I think that's all a lot of people wanted.
0: All right. Awesome. Shout outs. We forgot to do them last week. Uh,
2: And everybody was sad. And
0: everyone was sad. I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, Rose, do you want to get us started?
2: Um, Well, my shout out is to Sony because let's not forget that Sony came out with its flagship too. And um, according to our statistics, not many people care, but the people that do are excited very, they're very excited they're like know? I
0: love bezels give me more bezels
2: XZ1 and the XZ1 Compact and apparently the XZ1 is actually coming with the fingerprint sensor this Whoa. year so we'll did you, see
1: did you tell yeah. Sony to stop making phones for me yet
2: I I didn't relay that okay no yeah
0: Rose was not there to relay that okay. so yeah. don't shoot the messenger by the way Please. Ted, you got something for us yeah
3: uh, I would like to shout out to all the people in uh, Houston That uh, have been helping each other um, in that mess, in that complete mess of a situation Mm -hmm. down there. Uh, Just great stories coming out of people, you know, with taking their boats and saving people's lives. And, you know, so it's good to see that people pull together uh, when disaster hits, right? Uh, You know, we always talk about how people hate each other. Mm -hmm. But uh, when Mother Nature strikes, you know, it's a different story.
2: Yeah, it's amazing to see. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. If I could just say it on that, it's so disappointing to see people who are like, "Where was Obama during Katrina when he wasn't even president?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He
3: was a senator at the
0: time. Yeah, and but he still went to uh, he still went to uh, New Orleans, excuse me, to see and, people. And, and, and he went to New Jersey for yeah. Sandy, right? So, yeah,
3: yeah, of course.
1: Patrick, what's, what's on the Switch Minute? So uh, my, my Switch Minute this week is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Mm-hmm. It's one of the strangest uh, games I've played ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's fascinating that it even exists in the first place. So essentially it's Rabbids, which is Ubisoft's very weird sort of minions-like characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're like these little cute rabbits that do crazy things and break stuff mixed with the Mario universe. So this mm-hmm. is Nintendo letting a third-party developer take their properties and mix it with Ubisoft's sort of intellectual property. Um, and also Mario has a gun, mm-hmm. it, and so does every other character, and Luigi's a sniper, mm-hmm. which I know you were amused by. I, I was amused you. by that, yes. Um, so it's surprisingly really good. It's actually very hard. It's not XCOM for babies like some people were describing it. It's a really tough game, um, and it's uh, another interesting Switch exclusive that I think is worth definitely worth checking out nice
0: uh if you got time to uh you still have time until this friday actually when this podcast gets posted uh, the promotion will be gone but if you're going to the movies check out wind river i saw it uh, last week it was written by the same guy who wrote sicario and uh, hell or high water so if you haven't seen this ted i know you liked sicario Very really great, so. uh, was really, a great movie. it was a great movie uh this one is just as fantastic. Um, it's about this investigation on a native reserve in, uh, the, in Wyoming in the U.S. Um, and like, uh, I believe his name is Taylor uh, Sheridan, his previous movies, it's all about kind of the like dark underbelly of the U.S. Uh, and, you know, you can tell just by the fact that it's on a native reserve, you know, it tackles a lot of really hard issues that come with all of that. Uh, so if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, my 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 man uh, Jeremy Renner doing so much for guys with no chins. He was fantastic <laughs> in it, as obviously was uh, Elizabeth Olsen. He's got a bit of a chin. He's got a chin. He's yeah. got, it, but not you know. He's doing. He's he's not that
3: like chiseled like okay. perfect jaw. Well, not Jay Leno, but I mean like. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> you know, but he's got he's got something. There. He's got uh, something there. He's yeah. doing
2: heavy lifting with what little chin he has.
0: Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. His <laughs> uh, chin looked good in the Hurt Locker. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um. On that note, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again, Ted, for coming on. Always oh, a pleasure.
3: Before I forget, where can people find your stuff? Sure, uh, on mobile syrup.com and uh, Twitter and Instagram, at ByTeddyK, B-Y-TeddyK.
0: Anything interesting you've written in the last little while people should check
3: out? Uh, let's see. What have I done? That's I don't know. I mean, I see. I feel like I've written so many things uh, and I can't even pick you one. Had t- you had a ton of you stuff. Know? You know. Yeah, like, I mean, I did some... The ha- life of a mercenary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, I did. I did a... You know, I did a uh, lens face-off mm-hmm. uh, on mobile syrup uh, for lenses that work with the iPhone. You
1: did a bunch of automotive stuff, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, Nissan. Checked mm-hmm. out Nissan recently for mm-hmm. a driver assist uh, feature that uh, is coming in the Leaf Ooh. electric vehicle. Very nice. As well. And uh, But there will be uh, there'll be some infotainment reviews coming up uh, as well. And, of course, I did Waze uh, mm-hmm. with Android Auto, which is really good integration so far. Mm-hmm. So, Not
0: coming to the iPhone. Sorry. No. No. No CarPlay, No CarPlay. Um Pat and Rose, where can people find you? You can find me on the Twitters at, at Patrick underscore
1: Rourke
2: mm-hmm. And I'm also on Twitter at Rose Bahar and Mobile Surf in general can be found at mobile surf on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all the other platforms out there. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram we have a yeah. pretty dope Instagram. I always account. forget about Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're instafamous.
0: All right. On that note, take it easy and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.